The following program is sponsored by Prayers Heard in Heaven. God wants to raise up an army of believers whose prayer shakes the nation and the nations of the world. God wants you to shake the evil out of its dwelling place in your family, in your workplace, in the nation. Prayers Heard in Heaven is a teaching ministry teaching God's people to pass blessings with prayer. In the fifth chapter of James, the Bible tells us to pray for one another that we may be healed and that the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous person availeth much. The following program, Prayers Heard in Heaven, with speaker and teacher Valerie Sneed, will help you learn to pray fervently and effectively and truly see results in prayer. Valerie Sneed, with Prayers Heard in Heaven, starts now. The church is transitioning to a new level of power to shake the earth. The Lord is summonsing the church saying, come unto me, come into my presence. In the midst of the pandemic, the Lord, our maker is saying, come to have a face to face encounter with me. Experience the power of resurrection life. He is giving an open invitation for all who will enter into the holy of holies and dwell there. Let's come face to face with Christ. This is the power of resurrection life and encounter with God. The title of our message today is Resurrection Life. Once we have an encounter with God, we have an experience, an intimate relationship is developed, and we become unshakable in the midst of any circumstance. God will give you revelation that's astounding. He will give light where there is darkness. And then he reveals his purpose and his plan. Today, we're going to talk about seven revelations to experience resurrection life. God is rebuilding the temple where the church dwells by building the body of Christ up. God has a blessing for you. The magnitude of this promise is overwhelming. God is taking the church to a new dimension. I know your question, Valerie, how is he rebuilding me? Romans 12, 2, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable, perfect will of God. He's building up the temple by renewing the mind. Then we discern what pleases God and we can accomplish the will of God, the work of God. God is pouring out his spirit right now. He desires a living sacrifice. Will you become one of those living sacrifices for the Lord? This leads to a resurrection life experience. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, on account of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Romans 12 and 1. Paul in the scripture is saying, I urge you, offer your body as a living, holy sacrifice, pleasing to God. Then he tells us about being transformed because we cannot put new wine in old skins. The vessel must be clean. I know the coronavirus is trying our faith. This is one of the most important messages that I will ever speak. The Lord spoke to me about a week ago. He said, I'm begging my people. He said, Valerie, 
beg them, plead with them to live in transparency for my people to be pure. He said, Valerie, ask them, live a holy life. I'm releasing a great anointing, a blessing of power to all whom will reach forward to me. I want to empower them. Explain to my people the reaping and the sowing for today. The atmosphere is fully charged. It's delicate. It felt like cotton or a cloud as he spoke this to me. Tell them in reaping and sowing, it's going to be much faster for the coming of the Lord is at hand. He wants me to tell his people to be positioned for a blessing as they sow. They shall reap a just reward. Do not lie or you will be lied to. Do not steal or you will be stolen from. Do not take what is wrongfully yours or what you have will be taken from you. Do not mistreat anyone, even those who are under your authority. Galatians 6.10, as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Oh, my goodness. This is certainly the rules of God because the times that we are in, the return of what we sow is sped up. And now the golden rule is vitally important. Matthew seven twelve. Therefore, whatever you desire for men to do to you, you should also do to them. For this is the law and the prophets. The atmosphere is fully charged. It's delicate. The ambiance is like fertile soil. Whatever is planted will spring fast. It will spring forth quickly, faster than ever before. God is faithful to reward those who diligently serve him. This explains why, after he had spoken and gave me this revelation for each individual, then he spoke to me collectively about the church. He said he's releasing a sevenfold blessing over the church. God is preparing us to prosper. Prosperity starts from within. God is going to vindicate the church. He's going into action. And when God takes action, the church prospers do you know why we're all together today? Oh my goodness, because he wants to prosper you. No matter your level of prosperity right now, God wants to add on. When he does something, nothing will be able to stop him. When he goes into action, who can resist him? Now it takes faith to do the mighty works of God. Sometimes we must experience challenges and these experiences Take us to a new place. When our faith rises up to the performance level of God, we believe him for great things because God is releasing a sevenfold blessing over the church and he cannot be stopped. God is preparing the church. He told me he's releasing a sevenfold blessing over the church. And then he took me to Genesis 12, 1. I was speechless. God said these words to Abram, I'll make you a great nation and bless you. I'll make you famous and you'll be a blessing. All those who bless you, I will bless them. Those who curse you, I will curse them. All the families of the earth will be blessed through you. This is his message to the church today. In the midst of the coronavirus outbreak, behind the scenes, God is doing a mighty work, brothers and sisters. Who can stop him 
Who can diminish his power? Who can overthrow the Almighty? In the Bible, in the book of Job, Job could not see behind the scenes. He was in the, in the midst of terrible problems. It appeared that his outcome would not be victorious. Job's crisis was similar to what many are facing today. His health was stricken. His finances were destroyed. He lost his children. His reputation became of low estate. He lost everything material that he had, but he did not lose God because he held on to God. And in the end, Job had new revelation. In the midst of the crisis, we must hold on to God. God restored everything that Job had lost. He actually received more than he had had before He's that kind of God. Today, we're going to talk about resurrection life and seven revelations that you must have. Today, your life will be altered. The Lord is saying these words to the body of Christ. Good things are going to take place for you. I will comfort my people and nothing will stop them from prospering and doing my work. That's his message in the midst of the coronavirus. I want to share this with you today, great friends, because no one else would understand the experience that I had. I needed to take a class for a career, the field that I was in at that time, and the class was mandatory. I was searching for some place, you know, to take this class. Well, I was doing business also as a business consultant, and I was in a place of business visiting an owner, and she was talking to someone, and as I was waiting, I mean, her voice was loud, I could hear her, I happened to overhear that she gave classes. Well, she was giving the exact classes that I needed. I could not believe that I just walked into this place and here it is what I need. And I needed these credit hours pretty quickly. And so, you know, I mentioned to her, hey, I overheard you talking about this and I just happened to need these credit hours. You know, can I take your class? And she said, absolutely, Valerie, you, you can do that. We didn't even really know each other. We had just met, but she said, you can do that. I was so grateful. Well, she said, I don't have any other students right now. It'll just be you and I, you know, but I'm willing to do it. So I said, okay, great. I said, well, when can we start? She said, well, how about tomorrow? I was like, wow, I'm ecstatic. That's great. So she gave me a notebook and everything. The next day, I came to her office. I will never forget it. I can see her office right now. I came to her office, and she said, well, we'll study in here, and you can sit on the other side of the desk. If you need to watch a video or listen to an audio, I'll be right here, and then we can talk about it, you know, afterwards. So I said, okay, that's great. I sat down adjacent to her, crossing the desk, and when I sat on the seat, all of a sudden, the presence of the Holy Spirit fell upon me. I didn't know why, so I didn't say anything to her about it. I don't know her, right? We go on studying. The second day, I go back to her office. Went in her office, sat down, crossed from her desk, began to study. She's teaching. She's talking. The presence of the Holy Spirit fell upon me. And I thought, okay, Lord, so what's going on here? You know, so I didn't say anything. The third day, I go back for class. She's teaching again. I'm listening intently to what she's saying. And the presence of the Holy Spirit enters the room and falls upon me. Okay. I said, wait a minute. I closed my notebook. I said, I need to ask you something. And she said, what is it, Valerie? I said, what do you have need of? And she said, what? what? What do you mean? I said, what do you need from me? Why am I here? And she said, Valerie, I thought you were here because you, you need to take a class. I said, 
I do need to take a class. I said, but every time I come into this office and sit in this seat and you're teaching or I'm listening to something, the presence of the Holy Spirit falls on me. And so I just need to ask you, what do you have need of? Why am I really here? You must need something from me. And she said, I don't know what you're talking about, Valerie. She said it very nicely. She said, I don't know what you're talking about. I said, okay. All right, then. I said, well, God will reveal it soon. So we let it go. The next day I went to her office. I'm sitting across from the desk. We're studying. She closed her notebook. She said, Valerie, I need to tell you something. I said, what is that? And she said, you know what you said to me yesterday? Why are you here? And what do I have need of? She said, and you know, I'm going to make a long story short. She began to share about her marriage, and she had been married for 30 years. And her husband raged with anger, she said, for almost 30 years. She said it was a very short time that she was married to him, and then the anger began. And she said then he had suffered some illnesses, and after he became ill, the anger just became worse. And he was just raging day in, day out. It's always a complaint. Something's wrong. She can't do anything right. She said she is tormented daily, and she's in complete misery. So we began to talk about that, and I began to tell her how to pray, and I would go to her office, and I would teach prayer, and, oh, we had a phenomenal time in the Lord together. This lady learned really and truly how to get to God in prayer. Her marriage after 30 years was restored. Oh, my goodness. It was just absolutely phenomenal, the relationship that we had and how she began to have a one-on-one experience with Christ. And today we're talking about resurrection life when you have a one-on-one experience with Christ. So I'm going to talk about the seven principles of resurrection life that you must experience. Mary Magdalene was the first one to see Jesus After his crucifixion, she experienced resurrection life face to face, one on one with Christ. Jesus told the disciples before he left, another comforter will come and it will be the Holy Spirit. This is the promise of the father. The promise of the father wasn't just his body. It was resurrection power. Resurrection power gives us the ability to do the great works of God. Today, we're going to talk about resurrection life experience. I'll show you how to obtain it, and you're going to be able to grasp it and take a hold of it with both hands, and don't let it go. Just before Jesus' death, he goes and visits. He's invited to the home of a Pharisee. Now, the Jewish custom of the day was when a visitor comes to greet them with a kiss on the cheek, give them water to wash their feet and oil to anoint their head. Jesus arrives at the home of Simon the Pharisee by invitation for dinner in Luke chapter 7, 36. Simon failed to offer Jesus the normal hospitality of the Jewish custom. Now indulge me for just a moment, if you will, while I paraphrase this chapter. In the town, there was a woman who lived a sinful life. She heard that Jesus was coming to eat at the Pharisee's house. So she bought an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume. Most say in today's U.S. dollars, it's worth about $10,000 or more. Well, she bought that to the home and she stood behind Jesus by his feet, crying and weeping. And her tears 
Her tears began to wet his feet. She dried his feet with her hair. She kissed them and she poured the perfume on them. And when the Pharisees saw what she was doing, he was thinking, if this man really were a prophet, he would know who this woman is and her sinful life. He wouldn't even allow this woman to touch him. Jesus, perceiving his thoughts, spoke up and said to him, Simon, I must share this with you. Simon turned and listened intently to Jesus. Yes, teacher, he said, continue on. These two men, Jesus began to explain, they owed a money lender money. One owed more than the other. Neither of them could pay their debt. And so the money lender, who was a good hearted man, forgave both of the men's debt. Which of them do you think would love him more? Simon reasoned and he said, it will be the one who was forgiven the most debt. Jesus said, you are correct. And I have come into your home. You gave me no water to wash my feet. You gave me no oil. You did not give me the customary kiss. But this woman has not stopped kissing my feet since I arrived. She has put expensive perfume on my feet. She has shown great love. She has proven her love. Her sins have been forgiven. But whoever has been forgiven little shows little love. Jesus told him, that's why she's doing this, Simon. Jesus then turned to the woman saying, your sins are forgiven. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Jesus was explaining to Simon, when debt of a great magnitude is forgiven, then the love is of great magnitude. The revelation here is Jesus was saying, whenever Mary calls, I will be there. She will be famous. She'll be known around the world. She will be precious in my sight. She will carry my presence. I will always be with her. She poured out the substance that she had upon my feet. She wanted to serve him. Mary Magdalene was providing for Christ out of her substance. This is what he was saying. She will call my name and I will be there. My presence will be with her. My glory. She will be famous. John 21, 11, Mary is at the tomb weeping. She stoops down and she sees into the tomb. Two angels were there at the place where Jesus' body had laid. Joseph had closed the tomb. The high priest, Pilate, had had guards placed there. Mary Magdalene and Mary could not go there that Friday night because it was the Sabbath. I've been in Jerusalem on the Sabbath and nothing is moving. The streets are empty. So they could not go to the tomb on the Sabbath. So Sunday early, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb. And when she came to the tomb, she stood there crying. And as she wept, she bent over and looked into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and one at the foot. And they asked her, woman, why are you crying? She said, they've taken away my Lord and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't realize that it was Jesus. And he asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him and I will go and get him. Jesus said to her, Mary, and she turned to him and cried out, teacher. Now, no one knew that Jesus had risen from the dead except the angels. Mary reached for Jesus and Jesus said, do not touch me, Mary, for I have not ascended unto the father. He had not gone to the mercy seat and placed the blood upon the seat. So he would not allow her to touch him. But yet 
and her crying out because she had served him, because her heart, she loved him, because the way her heart was for him. When she was there weeping, even though he had not gone unto the Father, he came to her in that place. Jesus went and took the blood to the mercy seat, and he came back, and he ate with the disciples. They didn't know that it was him when he appeared. And then the 11 were alone with the door shut. They were hiding. They're afraid that the Jewish leaders would come in and come after them. Also, Jesus came and stood in the midst of them. And he said, peace be with you so that they would not be afraid. And that's John 20 and 19. Thomas wasn't there when Jesus came to the disciples. But he said, except I see his hands and the print of the nails and put my finger into his nails and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. Jesus remained on the earth for 40 days before he ascended into the clouds. There are seven revelations that you must experience for revelation life. One, Mary was seeking him in desperation or distress. Psalms eighteen six. In my distress, I called unto the Lord and cried unto him, and he heard my voice out of his temple. And my cry came before him, even into his ears. Two, Mary was looking for his body. His body represents the word, bringing to us resurrection life in the supernatural. And three, even in distress, looking for him, he is around you. The Lord knows us even in distressful times. When you say, where is God? And you can't find him. Like Mary, she was looking for Jesus, but he was there. And he said to her, why are you crying? Even in your frustration, he does not leave you alone. Psalms 119, 81 to 82. My soul faints with longing for your salvation, but I've put my hope in your word. My eyes fail looking for your promise. I say, when will you comfort me? The soul looking for his body, his word, his word is there even when we are in distress and we cannot recognize that he is around us suffering, sorrow, anxiety or pain in distress, desperation because of our circumstance and we cannot recognize him. He is still there. Persistent faith is number four will bring you into the presence of Christ. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now, faith is the evidence of what is hoped for and assurance of what we do not see. Number seven, through resurrection life experience, you'll be able to tell others that he is real and alive. John 4.39. The Samaritan woman gave her testimony. Many followed to meet Jesus and believed but once they saw him, they said, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves and we know that this man is the real savior of the world. People who know the word, but they have never had a resurrection life experience. They don't understand the life of Christ. Jesus wants us to know resurrection life, that resurrection life experience Peter answered correctly when Jesus said, who do you say that I am? He said, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He was saying upon this revelation, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. When you have a resurrection life 
experience and you have that revelation, nothing can shake you in the midst of crisis. You will know that he is still there. And that's what he wants you to know today. In the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of when it seems dark, he is the light in the circumstance and he is still there. I pray something has been said today that alters your entire life. I'm Valerie Sneed with Prayers Heard in Heaven, teaching God's people to pray. You've been listening to Valerie Sneed with Prayers Heard in Heaven. If you missed any of the program, listen next Sunday evening at 5.30. For more information about their weekly live prayer call, visit their website at prayersheardinheaven.org. Mm-hmm.